0: Welcome back to TGAF, Tim Graham and Friends, brought to you by shampoo Travis, Bisson and Kirshner CPAs and business consultants. Uh, we have a fun show for you today. We're going to be joined by Bill's right guard, John Feliciano. I think it's his first interview uh, since the end of last season. Um, he had the torn rotator cuff at the end of the season, had the off-season surgery, and then... Uh, then the torn pectoral muscle in in July and has been uh, kind of off limits to reporters. So he stops by and gives us an update on where he is with his recovery. And uh, Gene Kirshner, uh, horse racing reporter for the Buffalo News, in a unique position. He's going to be covering the Preakness on Sunday, and he is the only uh, journalist outside of the, you know, one guy in the horse racing industry. He's the only uh, journalist in the country, in the world, Uh, who's going to be covering all three Triple Crown races uh, and also the Breeders' Cup uh, this year. So he's been on the scene, and he's going to give us a breakdown of the Preakness. And, of course, we're going to be joined by Joel Staniszewski on the line from Vegas uh, to give us a gambler's eye view of Bills at Raiders on Sunday. I'm joined here by Matthew Fairburn and Jonah Bronstein, uh, my two favorite Fs uh, in the TGAF, uh, Pantheon, uh, guys, um, let's stay right there with the bills, uh, three, and 0 uh, some weird stuff going on in Tennessee. Uh, maybe we can talk about that a little bit and we'll get into that with John Feliciano also, but, uh, uh, the bills going on the road to face Las Vegas and, uh, and then maybe a buy an unintentional buy next week. What uh, what are your thoughts?
1: Yeah, it could get, could get a little weird here. All of a sudden, you know, everybody thought the NFL was chugging along and everything was going fine. And as we've seen in other sports, it really only takes one, you know, team or one even one player, one person, one staff member to get this thing to cause some chaos. So, um, you know, the Titans and Steelers won't play this weekend. If they can get things sorted out, The Bills have to go down there, um, which, you know, has to cause you a little bit of uh, anxiety, you know, going to that stadium and, uh, you know, but right now they're focused on the Raiders who are at an event this week, not wearing masks uh, indoors. So, you know, even more kind of COVID anxiety. It seemed like it was something that you could forget about for the first few weeks. Everything was fine. The daily testing was working. Um, And it still is to a large degree. They have systems in place to handle when it, when something happens like in Tennessee, but it felt like a reality check this week. Like, you know, everybody's like, man, the NFL is just killing this thing. It's like, well, they're not, you know, necessarily, you know, haven't been faced with a challenge yet. So now this is the first and uh, we'll see how, how it all shakes out. But it's, it's something that as it works out, could very well impact the bills in the, in the short term future.
2: If it does, shake out it would benefit the bills that the bills get through this game in las vegas this weekend and then get a bye week next week that comes right before the thursday night game against kansas city turns that from a short week to a long week in preparation for one of the biggest games on the schedule for the bills this season because as scheduled this is a tough three game stretch a back-to-back road weeks and short Week to prepare for the Chiefs, the Super Bowl champions. Now you get that bye week in between. It changes the whole schedule dynamics there.
1: Well, you bring up a good point, Jonah. Because I my thought was, oh, maybe if the Titans can get back in the building Thursday or Friday, if they push this game to Monday night. They can't uh, unless they push Bills Chiefs to Sunday. Uh, but with the Bills playing Thursday, they can't play Monday or Tuesday and then play again on Thursday. That would be uh, insane. So. Yeah, there's there's that element. There's the element of oh maybe they're at a disadvantage because the you know if the, they do end up playing the Titans because the Titans would be coming off a bye, but it's not a bye in the traditional sense. I mean you've got guys recovering from this virus. Nobody's in the building. Um, you know guys aren't exactly relaxing this week. I'm sure it's been a bit of a, a you know anxious week for a lot of people in that building. They get a little extra time to prepare, but who knows when they can get back on the field? So. As far as advantage, disadvantage, I think it remains to be seen. There's a lot up in the air um, in the next, you know, five, six days.
0: Yeah, and just uh, earlier this week, uh, there was a lot of discussion around Western New York about whether or not the governor was going to allow uh, fans to be in the stadium for Bill's games. And, well, he said not uh, in unforeseen or not in the foreseeable future was the phrase that was used. Um, which seemed ominous to me, uh, if they for not for the foreseeable future gives me the idea that there's no plan in place in which there is a criteria to meet, um, that they're still finding their way. But then I started to think differently as the week wore on. Uh, Cuomo was going to come to Western New York and meet with Bills officials and, and local politicians to talk about the possibility of getting fans in the games, and then. What happens with the Titans? There's the outbreak. And let's, you know, let's be realistic here. What's happened with the president and what's going on in the White House, I think also just impacts the discussion. It impacts the optics Uh, as the weather's turning colder now. We're getting into the fall. We're talking about flu season. Uh, The CDC has talked about uh, the second wave and how troubling it's going to be. Uh, Governor Cuomo has been very conservative. I mean, not in his political views, obviously, but he's been super conservative in his approach to opening up anything. So now that we have these high profile uh, reminders uh, that everybody is vulnerable, no matter how careful you can be, even if you're the President of the United States, uh, you are not impervious uh, to this virus, even if you are an NFL team that is doing everything it possibly can uh, to combat this virus, you're not impervious. So, the idea of putting fans in the stands uh, and with the reputation that Bills fans have, too I mean, that's imagery that's going to be in, in Cuomo's mind, probably, as he's saying do I want to let these Bills fans uh, gather in large numbers? And uh, I'm sure he has an opinion as to how Bills fans act when they get in a a crowd.
2: I had heard, and this isn't sourcing that I would maybe say for a report, but something I've heard from somebody who was involved with the game operations at the stadium. This was before Cuomo's statement, but after it had come out from the Bills, that the Thursday night game was really never in play because the idea of trying to – do this new operation and get all these fans in for a night game when maybe there was more potential for all day tailgating was not something that was considered feasible, but that, that November 1st game against new England that comes up, I think two weeks in the schedule after is kind of the target date for this plan to be put into place. And I think the governor is coming to tour the facility to maybe give the green light for that game on that date.
0: Yeah, but it doesn't, I mean, bad, uh, bad developments. Uh, regarding the governor coming to, I mean, to, to open it up. And uh, I don't know, it seems pretty dicey. Um, before we get too far, I want to make sure that everybody knows that the Tim Graham and Friends show is brought to you by Shampo, Travis Bissow and Kirshner CPAs and business consultants. They're a leading accounting firm with a growing team of accountants, business consultants, and contractors uh, through its acquisition of CFO Solutions Plus. And the roots in Amherst, CTBK pairs every project with a focus on a human connection between its team and the client. For assurance, accounting, taxes, litigation, support, advice on acquisitions and mergers, and now access to CFO level resolutions, CTBK is available and ready to solve any issue your business faces. For a consultation or to request a quote, call 716-630-2400. Again, that's 716-630-2400. CTBK, over a quarter century of proving accounting. uh, Let me start over on that sentence. I, I almost made it through with only 12 errors instead of the 13th. CTBK has over a quarter century of proven accounting and business excellence for Western New York and beyond. And just because the K in CTBK happens to be the horse racing reporter for the Buffalo News, is in no way uh, related to the fact that uh, Gene Kirschner is going to be on the show today.
1: Well, you he's believe that. He, he's uniquely qualified to uh, discuss these horse. As you mentioned, uh, he's one of the only guys covering it. That's well, such we a joke cool, about it. It's such a cool thing. Um, you think about. Covering sports these days. Um, we talk about it all the time, you know, with our work at the athletic, you know, trying to differentiate yourself and stand out and, you know, give people something worth paying for. And you walk into an NFL press box and there's how many people in there? Uh, this year, not that many, but normally it's over 100 in some cases. And, you know, here's Gene going to cover events and he's one of two. That's Pretty awesome
0: and <laughs> well there are people there there's there are people there but that's not the same they've changed you know some papers are not covering this race or they're covering the kentucky derby and not the belmont uh or you know whatever so yeah so he's one of two who who has covered the triple crown races well number three will be sunday and then the breeders cup next month so i mean that's uh and you know what's strange too is that he loves to cover the uh, Canadian triple crown. And there's a chance for the first Canadian triple crown. And I think it's 13 years, but he can't cross the border. And these races happen right there, Fort Erie up at Woodbine uh, near Toronto. And uh, anyways, uh, we'll get into all that with, uh, with Gene Kirshner. Um, but before we do uh, let's bring in, Buffalo Bills right guard, John Feliciano. Joining us now on TGAF, brought to you by CTBK, CPAs and business consultants. That is too many letters. We're going to have to figure out a way to do it. But TGAF, Tim Graham and friends here with Matthew Fairburn, also the athletic being joined by Buffalo Bills right guard, John Feliciano you look happy there the way that uh, camera's positioned uh, you got yeah, like a little buddha look
3: going yeah i'm i'm chilling man i'm about to lace up and play some games <laughs> good old it's a good friday fridays are the best days i know
0: you're a huge gamer and uh, you tie in some of your charities uh, to your gaming and uh, we're gonna we'll get into the get into your charities here briefly um but um what what are you playing these days? What's uh, what's taking up your time? Because um, I know you got a lot to kill.
3: Yeah, right now, not 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 too much. Um, just right now, Call of Duty is probably uh, my number one game. Um, whenever the t- kids take a nap, I can get on for a little bit, and before my wife r- rips my heads off. <laughs>
0: what uh, do you have a review on Red Dead Redemption? uh two are you a big player of that because that's my game in the start of the quarantine that was i know it's a couple years old but i got into it and i i burned a lot of hours on that
3: uh i didn't like it because of the like the button layout which i know i can probably switch but i did not give it a chance i'm sorry it looks good it's beautiful i like the, the 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 graphics are great
0: it is it's like watching a western um uh,
3: I won't bore you with it, then. Nobody, nobody needs. I li- to no, 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 to no. I, I, know about it. I know my buddies play it. I, I've played it. I played the first one a lot. I'm not offended. I I, I, I like that you that you played it.
0: Yeah. Oh, I'm I'm a degenerate when it comes to video games. Uh, I go through long periods. So when MLB The Show comes out in the spring, I spend hundreds of dollars on it, building up my team, and my son plays it too. So it's a thing that we do together. He's only 14, and uh, it's. To me, video games is what baseball and football cards used to be for me. So when my wife gets upset that he's spending too much time on these video games, he's building teams, he's building rosters, he's a general manager, he's working salary caps.
3: Yeah, Um, he's he's getting life skills.
0: I I agree with that. I mean, maybe I'm rationalizing it, but, yeah, I I think it's fun. (laughs) That's how he's studying the stats. He learns how to build a, you know, a batting order, all that stuff. And then the same thing with med. But uh, so we – yeah, I, I spend way too much money for a man my age on, on video games. Um, so, so, John, uh, people uh, want to know, how's, uh, how's the PEC doing? Uh, where are you in your recovery? How you been uh, – how's it been coming along?
3: Um, the PEC was honestly the worst injury I, I've ever personally had. Uh, definitely the most painful, Um, but the rehab, we've been attacking it for the last, I mean, it happened today's, no, today's nine uh, week, nine, nine weeks ago today, I had surgery, Uh, feeling good. Hopefully I I can get out there and start practicing here soon. Um, Hopefully the next week or two. Um, And then it's going to be tricky because, you know, I haven't played football since January Um, and, you know, it's going to take a little bit. We we'll get a couple of weeks of practicing probably, but uh, I'm excited, man. I'm excited. Our team's doing good. Uh, we're doing great. Uh, hopefully, we got a big game this week against Oakland, which really unfortunate that I'm missing. Um, but yeah, I'm trying to stay positive.
0: How has the rotator cuff uh, factored into it? Uh, you had to have surgery on that right after the season, and did that impact or induce this uh, the pec injury? Do you think?
3: No, it's on the other side. But my, my uh, rotator cuff, man, that was I uh, was honestly it was pretty cake. I mean, I, I, uh, a lot of people said it was gonna be real tough, and uh, I, uh, uh, I kind of killed that. And I was man, I came in ready. Um, it was just it was just a freak thing, man. It was unfortunate. How did but, it happen? Uh, uh, benching. I was on my last rep on my last set on the first day.
0: Was it the type of thing that if it didn't happen right then and there, it would have happened at some other point? Maybe Um, uh, when you're lifting the next time or down the road.
3: Yeah, I'm not too sure. Um, That could have been. Could have been like just years of just you know, it's been on his last string for a while. Um, But it never hurt before, and uh, it was just. It just sucked.
1: <laughs> what's it been like for you? I mean, you mentioned the team's playing great, right? And I know you've uh, we've seen some of your thoughts filter through on Twitter, but what's it been like to watch this team? Uh, what, what have you kind of noticed from your, your vantage point?
3: Uh, I'm just exci- – uh, it's so exciting watching how, like, just dynamic we are. And, I mean, we've been going – 10 personnel a lot. And just, I mean, our receivers and uh, just the, the whole line's been playing great, man. It's just, it's fun to be a fan sometimes.
0: In the two road games that you were probably most looking forward to, you're going to miss. So, yes, Oakland, or I should say the Raiders, I'm sorry, in Las Vegas on Sunday. It's, it, it, it's
3: so hard not to say Oakland.
0: I'm still saying San Diego Chargers. <laughs> uh, <laughs> What And then Miami, having played for the Miami Hurricanes, the Bills already made their visit to South Florida. Um, mm-hmm. The competitor in you, as you watch these guys playing, how are you keeping yourself – I guess let me say this, what's it like being in the same room as you on Sunday afternoons as all this is going on?
3: It's not good. <laughs> Saturdays and Sundays are uh, – I feel bad for my my wife and and some of the trainers when I'm when we are at uh, home games like on Saturdays and Sundays. Uh, I'm not a pleasure to be around, Um, but like you said, that Miami game I look forward to every year just because it's you know it's home and we're in the locker room where I have so many battles as a Hurricane Um, and just being in there. I go to my locker. I go to where Steven's locker was. Uh, Stephen Morris was the quarterback there. The bathrooms. They they get they did do some updates. I appreciate y'all, um, but you know you visit the bathrooms. You got some.
0: You have some fond memories in the bathrooms there, do you?
3: <laughs> yeah, man. Of course, I'm you going know, blow it up before the game. <laughs>
0: What's uh? How do things look? What's the prognosis for for your return? We haven't. Um, you haven't heard many updates
3: yeah um i think uh in the next couple weeks here probably week or two hopefully they'll let me start you know moving around a little bit start practicing um and then we'll take it from there i mean i honestly i feel good i feel great I, i feel like i'm confident that i'm gonna it's gonna turn over quick uh but we'll see um hopefully in the next few weeks,
1: how has everything going on with all these restrictions in place with COVID? How how has that impacted your rehab? I, you know, the rehab you're getting it done, but just from a standpoint of how often you can be around your teammates and, and the connection, I guess that you're missing out. On. Yeah,
3: well, even with my rotator cuff, uh, I had surgery in February, and I was supposed to come fly back to the Buffalo, and, but then COVID happened and I wasn't like, I couldn't, I, I wasn't, you know, everyone thought everyone would be out here dying left and right. So I was like, man, I'm not going to keep, I'm not going to be flying. I, I, my wife was pregnant. Um, you know, I have, I have a daughter and we kind of just like boarded up and, and stood sit in the house. So I was doing rehab by myself for most of the time. Um, I mean, I, the, the trainers, you know, we talked, I mean, they, they, they helped a lot. Uh, but, you know, usually on day to day, it was just myself. Um, so that was tricky. But uh, for the peck stuff, I mean, it hasn't been too bad. I mean, I just gotta wear a mask. Sounds like uh, Hudson
0: Fairburn has uh, made an appearance there in the background.
3: Yeah. The dogs are,
1: are really getting after it here. So I'm going to, I'm going to mute and let Tim have the next question.
0: (laughs) We're in conversation with Bill's right guard, John Feliciano. And, uh, one of the things that I I don't want to go too long in this interview without mentioning, uh, is John's charity work while he has been sidelined. He has, that doesn't mean he, uh, has refrained from remaining active. And, uh, Already, John has donated $25,000 to Meals on Wheels of South Florida and Feeding South Florida, uh, giving 70,000 meals uh, to people in need. Uh, Just a couple of weeks ago, he hosted a -a stream-a-thon, which raised uh, $3,500 for the Hispanic Scholarship Fund, and uh, last month, he donated $4,300 to Latinos in Action, a national nonprofit that aims to empower Latino youth. I know that... uh, As much as you do enjoy the charity work, um, it's probably not a total uh, uh, substitute for what you're supposed to be doing this time of year. But how has that helped you with your peace of mind rather than being alone with your thoughts, holding a video game controller, going (laughs) through the the rehab with not knowing when you're going to play? I'm guessing these types of things are good for the soul.
3: Uh, yeah, definitely. Um I'm just at the point in my life where I can help. Um, I know when people think, you know, you're an NFL player, you're out here making a lot of money every year. Which, which I mean, you're making good money, but you know, it's a short career. Um, It's not really until your second contract, if you're not like a first round guy, second round dude, that that you can you know start thinking about helping others. Uh, and I'm just at the point in my life where, you know, I'm all right, and um, I just wanted to do some good, and uh, it it, uh, it definitely um, made me feel better. Because I mean, not being like like I said, every Saturday, every Sunday, I'm in a dark place. Every, uh, thankfully, we've we've won every game, um, but uh, th- just being able to help others uh, made me feel good
0: in a twisted way, does, does the winning make it hurt
3: a little more? Cause you're missing
0: it. I mean,
3: nah, it's better man, than I'm, losing, I guess. But. Yeah. Yeah. No, but you know, I've never been like that. Like I'm, I'm, I play football just for, to be on the team and, and 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 to watch my guys like do good. I, like if I get a block and, and, and I feel Josh just come off me and, and you just see him running like that, that is like the, my friends, my people's success is, is what makes, what drives me and makes me happy. So them out there doing what they do out there and how, they, how, we, how they've been playing man, I, I'm, I go crazy. I'm up there jumping up and down. I mean, the Rams games, you should have seen the, uh, the box where they had us, bro. We, when, Josh, uh, when Tyler caught that touchdown, man, we were all jumping. It was cra- it, dude, it was so cool.
1: What do you make of, of what Josh has done? Um, I know from talking to you so often last year, uh, you've always you know, been a believer in this guy. And to see him uh, finally showing it in such an emphatic way, um, you know, there's, it's hard to argue
3: with what he's doing. What's it been like to watch it? Um, I'm just proud, man. And uh, I'll, I'll keep him level-headed with all of my memes and stuff and, and pre- my profile pictures. Um, but man is what, what we all expected. I, I honestly don't like uh, I'm not surprised. I'm not like like this is what Josh is. this is who he is and and there's no like there's no like he he's not proving anything to anyone else. He's just he's he wants to win. I mean, he want, he's gonna do whatever he can to win and whatever it means whatever crazy stuff he does, I'm all for it. I'm yeah, one no, of those uh, guys.
0: Oh, I'm sorry, Matt. Go ahead.
1: How have, I was going to ask, how have you, now that you've, you know, been on, you know, been through this for a little while, um, you see what what's going on in Tennessee. How does, how have you felt about everything going on with, with the virus and, and just how how things are operating,
3: um, you know, and in, in the building and around the league. Yeah, uh, I mean, before the Tennessee stuff happened, um, honestly, we were, I didn't even think about it. It was just like the way the way that the Bills have set it up, and and just the team knowing that it's like it's important, and it's like we don't like we have a lot of the goals that we need to meet this year, like. Everyone's just been maxed, uh, maxed up and, you know, washing their hands. And, and it's honestly, it was just feeling like, like like it was regular. So to see the Tennessee stuff happen is like, it's crazy. It's, it's unfortunate. I'm, like, I haven't traveled yet uh, being on IR. So, I mean, I can, I can see how that can be a problem
0: well Tennessee being the next opponent uh, they're going to have a bye now uh, so I don't know if that's uh, a disadvantage for the bills obviously they're the ones in, with the chaos and uh, the, the 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 uh mystery as to what's going to unfold for them but it does give them the opportunity to start preparing for the bills right away do you view that as an advantage for them
3: heading into the next game um not really i, I... First and foremost, I, as a player, I feel like that sucks. Like, that's horrible to have uh, week four, bye week. Um, you're really – the later the bye week, the better, I feel like. Um, and it's so early in the season. I, I know the coaches usually like to go through and, and study their own stuff and see, you know, what they're good at, what they're bad at. And I feel like being three – only having three games, I mean, that's not really—you're not going to be able to do much like that. So I don't think—I don't think it, it gives them much advantage. Uh, I think it's mainly a disadvantage.
0: I can't let you go without asking you about the offensive line play, and uh, I'm the first one to admit. Uh, whenever I have someone on who either plays offensive line or coaches it, and I—I I, I like to admit this because I would love for more people to admit it. I don't know what I'm looking at on offensive and a lot of defensive line play. Mm -hmm. Um, A lot of people like to pretend that they do uh, like they know who gave up the sack. Um, They don't understand the footwork of it. I never played the position. So I I would like for you to put into your words and for a lot Mm -hmm. of people out there who are curious, what you have seen, if you can put it in layman's terms that this offensive line has been
3: Doing through three weeks. If I if I, if I'm watching the game, when I'm watching the game, and my wife asked me after the game uh, on Sunday, "Oh, how would the O line do?" No idea. You cannot. I can. I'm I'm watching from the the uh, the box, and I can't. I don't. I can't see anyone's footwork. I can't see like you can't like. I, I had a. Wa- you had to watch the film to like to see if you played, like, if the old line played good or bad. Like, it's not, it, it's so hard. Like, you can't see anything up there. I mean, you can see the bad. You can see, okay, Aaron Donald got a sack. Like, you can see who, or you can probably see who gave, like, most most of the time, you, you can probably see, oh, the the line turned one way, there's a man's side, and, you know, that guy got a sack. You know but you don't
0: going. know what the assignments are, who maybe missed no, the assignment, what play was called.
3: Yeah, it's so hard. It's like... There's no way.
0: Um, What have you seen? What do you like what you've seen? Well, I
3: mean, from watching the film, I mean, I like the way we're playing. We've been just – our pass protection, I feel like, has been been good. Um, I mean, Aaron Donald did Aaron Donald things, but, I mean, that guy's going – he's going to be a Hall of Famer. Um, uh, I like the way Brian's playing right now. Brian is a – I didn't know me and him were so much alike before. Um, He's a dog out there. And uh, I love what he brings. Mitch is, Mitch out there being Mitch. Mitch is the, the probably one of the best centers. That probably the best center that can pull. He is. He's pretty quick. And sometimes I'm like, dude, calm down. You make me look bad, buddy.
0: <laughs> and you played with Rodney Hudson. So you've played with. Good, a good center before. This isn't mm-hmm. uh, this isn't new. And that's not to say i do not want asking you to pair Rodney to to Mitch, but uh, but at least when it comes to pulling, uh, Mitch uh, yeah Mitch has yeah, some yeah, guard.
3: they uh, yeah they're up there, dude. And Rodney um, Rodney's the man. That's my guy right there. I talk to him all the time. I've been I've been messing with him this week a little bit. Have you gathered any intel? Any Raiders intel? Uh, that you, no, uh, I'm you over here. I'm giving our guys everything. <laughs> uh,
0: John, is there anything that we didn't ask you about that you want to talk about?
3: Um, nah. We'll have more time when uh when I get back in.
0: Well, I'd like to say that I'll see you in the locker room, but that even when you're back, that's not going to happen. So hopefully, I see you sometime in 2021. And uh, I appreciate you taking the time out of your not-so-busy schedule uh, <laughs> to drop in and, and let everybody see your smiling face. Uh, I think a lot of Bills fans miss you and uh, have been curious how you're doing. So I um,
3: uh, appreciate you guys. I miss, you. I miss Bills Mafia. I'll be out there soon and can't wait.
0: All right. That's John Feliciano, Bills right guard and philanthropist. Here on the Tim Graham Show, brought to you by CTBK. (laughs) And next on Tim Graham and Friends, brought to you by CTBK, it is Buffalo News horse racing writer and the K of CTBK, Gene Kirshner, joining us here on the show. Gene, um, you know, before we get into uh, the Preakness Stakes, Uh, which take place Saturday. Um, What I think, in an unfortunate situation with COVID uh, and the inability of a lot of fans and media to uh, attend these races this year, which have been rescheduled and, and moved around quite a bit, you are unique in that I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but you are the only journalist to cover all three legs of the Triple Crown, and then the Breeders' Cup is next month, and you're going to cover that too. So you're the only one, right, in the world who's covering all
4: these races for the Buffalo News. From a newspaper standpoint, yes. Uh, I believe there may be one other gentleman who's in the trade uh, that that works for uh, the NTRA and does some freelance work for the Blood Horse, Bobby Holt. So I saw him yesterday. So he looks like uh, the two of us are probably the only two that uh, made all three and we both were at the Traverse. So um, it is from a newspaper standpoint, I think I'm the only guy uh, that, that made all three of the triple crowns plus the Travers, which, uh, oddly, you know, with this year's COVID-19 was, was run, you know, before the Derby.
0: Well, how do you view that, Gene? Because it is sad in a way. I mean, it's a, it's a badge of honor that you have the credentials and that, you know, these races want you there to cover it. And I'm sure there are a lot of people who would love to cover these races and they're not getting approved and what have you. Uh, so it's nice. And yet there's there's some of the reasons uh, behind it too, probably are, are sad for you.
4: Yeah, a little bit. It's uh, it's always nice to uh, see my colleagues uh, around the country and talk Buffalo and the bills and those types of things. Um, But I was just fortunate. uh, This one was a little tricky because I needed a COVID test, uh, a negative 72 hours beforehand. And in New York state, as you know, that's not an easy task uh, to have done. So Using the K and CTBK, I called out one of my clients who has a lab in New Jersey, and they, uh, they took care <laughs> of me uh, with some uh, rapid uh, results. Uh, so I was able to make the 72-hour uh, 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 deadline. But, uh, yeah, it's been different. I mean, they, they've, they've reduced the, uh, the media to about 25% in each one of the, uh, on one of the, uh, the races, and I'm, I'm real fortunate that I was, uh, you know, invited to each one. I'm glad you had time to join us on the show here um, because it's
0: uh, it's a, it's an interesting story just on that alone that you are that reporter uh, and you and you say one other guy but you know when you're in the trades that that's an asterisk next to that because you know that's uh, he, he's plugged in and he's he's supposed to be there um, and he's got he's he's in the inner workings or he's in the um, it's in the club. It's- yeah well certainly but you're in the club too because you are super sourced and um just because you're covering horse racing out of buffalo uh, i like to think it was back when like when i was covering boxing for the buffalo news people were saying what's so what is so buffalo's got a boxing reporter big deal um but when you're connected you're connected and uh the coverage is is fantastic and um But let's localize it real quick before we get to the Preakness. Uh, Something very interesting happened on Tuesday uh, at the Prince of Wales Stakes in Fort Erie. Uh, There is a Canadian Triple Crown in play. And um, I guess, how how do you view uh, the possibility
4: of that? Uh, I think this horse has a really good chance. Uh, His name is Mighty Heart, um, and he's a uh, son of Dramedy, um, who is a a horse that... um, that won the Elkhorn at Keeneland on the turf, and the interesting thing about the Canadian Triple Crown is it's run on three different surfaces. Unlike you know the American Triple Crown, which is solely run on dirt. Uh, the first leg, the Queen's Plate, is run up at Woodbine on the Tapita, which is a synthetic surface, and then they come down to across the Peace Bridge to Fort Erie to run on the dirt uh, at the Preakness. Um, Distance a mile and three sixteenths, and then they go back to Woodbine and run on the turf for the third leg. So, this horse is one on the synthetic now, and then one on the dirt uh, last week in a a valiant effort uh, coming from you know a hot pace. He was uh, third or fourth behind the leaders, and uh, uh, another horse that was very highly regarded, Clayton, came around and uh, made an early move and looked like you know he was a one to five shot at the quarter pole. But Mighty Heart has a lot of heart and only one eye. Uh, who, who lost his eye as a foal in an accident um, at, in his early, early stages of his life. And uh, she, he came storming by uh, Clayton and, and won by uh, two and a half lengths. And, uh, you know, they haven't had a triple crown winner up in Canada since 2003, and they haven't, had, haven't even had a horse that's won the first two legs since then. It's so hard to, you know, do the synthetic to the dirt transition. And a lot, not a lot of horses can do that. But if they can win on synthetic, typically because of the, the give and the track, I mean, they, they do well on the turf. But transitioning into dirt sometimes is not not so easy, and a lot of horses skip the second leg.
0: And you just made a mention there, Gene, uh, of one of my pet peeves. And what great timing, because the NFL is entering week four of 16 games. And you just made reference to the quarter pole, The quarter pole, everybody – Means there's a quarter of the race, well, a quarter of a mile left. Not you're a quarter into it. There's a quarter remaining. So wait until your team has played.
4: Wait, twelve,
2: 12 games. Twelve
0: games, and then you can say they're at the quarter pole. Yeah, you'll they're see. Not, it. All these writers are going to be talking about their awards at the quarter pole uh, next week. So
4: yep, totally wrong. You're, I'm, I have the same pet peeve, only because I'm a racing guy. So. <laughs>
0: We're in conversation here with Gene Kirshner, Buffalo News horse racing writer and the K in CTBK, uh, CPAs and business consultants, uh, title sponsor of the Tim Graham Show for a second straight year. And and uh, my thanks to to you and the guys for helping to make this happen. Um, lest anyone were to think that this is uh, a patronizing interview. We do have real business to discuss. The Preakness stakes on Saturday. Uh, Bob Baffert going for his eighth uh, victory at the Preakness. Uh, Authentic won the Kentucky Derby. Uh, that's his horse. He has another horse too that is intriguing because it was entered in the Kentucky Derby but didn't run. So I guess that's my my way to tee you up there, Gene. I, I know that Authentic is the favorite. Um, let, let's take it from
4: there. What, yeah, are, so, what are your thoughts there? Yeah, just a, uh, a mention on his other horse, Thousand Words. The reason he didn't run in the derby is he flipped in the paddock. He's a an excitable horse, and he, uh, even though there wasn't the uh, 20,000 people standing around the paddock, there was still quite a bit, um, you know, in the flashes of the, the cameras, the photographers, because, you know, the photo media was still there. Um, he just he flipped over right on the assistant trainer, Jimmy Barnes, who actually broke his wrist, um and and now bob's got to saddle both horses at the preakness because jimmy's out of commission right now um long time assistant trainer for for bob um and and, and thousand words is, is an interesting horse um you know i i'm not including him in any of my plays but you know you don't know what he's going to do is his last his last win was in the uh, shared belief at delmar where he beat a pretty good horse in honor ap and uh Honor AP got wiped out at the start of the derby. So it's hard to tell, you know, what that race really meant. There was another horse that was supposed to run on derby day that was in that race, Suzanne, who was a uh, Baffer trainee. And that would have told us a lot about, you know, a thousand words of how that horse would have ran, but he scratched. So, so he's kind of a mystery uh, in it. Uh, Authentic is obviously the, uh, the nine, nine to five morning line favorite going to take a lot of the money. He did get a dream trip in the derby. So, If you're going to take a stand against him, this would be a race to take the stand against. Um, He um, he was on the outside, and uh, New York traffic wiped out Honor AP, one of his, um, you know, one of his biggest challengers as well as Tis the Law was probably not sitting on his best race. He'd run, you know, four weeks earlier in the Travers that could have taken some out of him, and you know I don't think we saw the best of Tis the Law, and he still you know made a huge run at him in the derby at the end, but, uh, authentic was able to hold him off. Um, and, and really Johnny Velasquez controlled the race, uh, from the front, from that outside post. And, you know, I don't think he's going to get that same trip. Um, you know, on, uh, on Saturday, I think there's a lot of speed in the race, uh, which, which can set up other horses very well. Um, So you know, Baffert's going for his eighth. He's tied right now uh, with with another trainer that had seven victories early on in his career, and uh, you know he's dangerous here. Obviously, he's the best in the business, and uh, he always has his horses ready to run. And uh, Authentic looked great Uh, when I saw him yesterday morning, and uh, he's uh, you know he's a top he's a top thoroughbred. Um, Now, Gene, my my research tells me that every time that
0: uh, Baffert has uh, won the Derby. That horse has won the Preakness. Uh, Five five times. Why why is that? Is there there similarity there? Is 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 that just coincidence? Or is there something to be seen in that from from the people who go to the window and and they're trying to figure out their bets? Well, Bob
4: has his horses so ready to run for the Derby. He makes sure that they're ready to peak. So they're in such top form at that point for the Derby. And then typically, you know, the pregnancies run two weeks after, afterwards. We've got a four-week break this year because of the pandemic. Uh, so they're still in really good shape after running the Derby. So two weeks later, you're not going to lose a lot, even though it's, it's such a short time frame. So just the way that Bob trains his horses, and he trains them very hard, um, I think that's one of the reasons that he's had such success in the Preakness right after, you know, with, with, with his five previous Derby winners, including like Justify and American Pharaoh, two Triple Crown winners. Um, the other three lost, you know, in the Belmont, obviously, and, and, and never and didn't hit the Triple Crown. But he, he's had five shots at the Triple Crown, which is just amazing, you know. Um,
0: what can you tell us about Swiss Skydiver, a Philly in this race,
4: and they are rare uh, to end up in the winner's circle? Yeah, so this is the 145th Preakness. There's only been 54 fillies that have ever run in it, and only five have won, the last being uh, Rachel Alexandra in 2009, the year she won the uh, Horse of the Year. She came out of the Kentucky Oaks to run in Preakness. As, as is a Swiss skydiver, she didn't win the Kentucky Oaks. Um, she was uh, – um, actually uh, not even the favorite in the race. Kameen, who was a Baffert horse, <laughs> was the favorite. And they, they kind of dueled And uh, another horse, She Dares the Devil, came came up on her and beat her. Um, but their connections really feel that she can she can compete. She has run against the boys before. She ran in the bluegrass and came in second and actually qualified for the derby. So she could have ran in the derby, but uh, her connections elected to run in the Oaks instead. Um, so she lost by bottom um, you know, a length and a half in the Oaks. In the bluegrass, she was beaten by our Collector, who was in this race, uh, and I like quite a bit. Um, and, you know, I think the Phillies, she's, she's had a hard campaign, Tim. I mean, she's, she's run every single month of the year so far, and that can take a lot out of a horse. Uh, so the last two races, the Alabama at Saratoga that she won uh, was a mile and a quarter, so she's proven at the distance. Um, but it's, that's a lot to ask from a horse running, you know, that many times. And, uh, she may, she may be just, this might be a little too much for her. Um, she did compete well against the boys, uh, coming in second, like I said, to Art Collector and the Bluegrass back in uh, July at Keeneland, but, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to play against her, uh, just because of the fact that I think she's a tired horse at this point. Um, but Art Collector, the horse that beat her is someone that I'm really interested in, um it's a horse that's won all four of his races this year um, comes into the Preakness um, at, well rested because he missed the derby with a foot issue. His connections did right by the horse and kept him out and, and didn't, didn't get derby fever. Uh, even though the, their, their trainer, Tommy is a Louisville native guy, you know, a local guy there. And it would have been his first derby and kind of a, you know, sentimental thing, but uh, they did right by the horse. They held him out. Um, I think he's got that tactical speed um, that can really make a difference. Um, one of those, you know, uh, racing has a lot of those historical tidbits. So he's, there's only been 10, um, sires, um, winners of the Preakness that have sired another Preakness winner. And his sire is Bernardini who won the infamous for Preakness when Barbaro broke down. So, you know, only ten in history have uh, have done it, and he's got the, he's the only horse in the race that has a sire that actually won the Preakness. And as you know, that that can factor in. You know, he's got the bloodlines that uh, that won the same race. So I think he'll be sitting off the pace. He's inside. He's got the uh, number three post position. I think Authentic's going to have to work a little harder from the outside to to work into a good position. So, you know, my uh, some of my bets are going to be around our Collector. Um, a bet I'd like to make is a. Uh, trifecta key box where I box um that horse um with three or four other horses in the field and so I've got I'm going to box art collector with um with with four others um and in the first second and third spots so then he's in one of those three spots and then the other four horses can come in you know any of those other spots as long as our collector hits the board I'm a winner uh, so the other horses I'm going to use are Mr. Big News who's actually going to be my upset pick to win the thing, and I'll tell you in a minute why that. Right, yeah, I was going to ask you about your upset pick, so you went yeah, right so, into it. Yeah, so, so that horse, and then Max Player, who's got a Buffalo connection, um, which we can talk about a little bit, and um, and then Authentic and Pneumatic. Those would be the, uh, the other four horses. So if you do a $1 key box with the three, with two, eight, nine, ten, it's going to cost you 36 bucks. As opposed to taking those five horses and boxing them for a hundred for the same dollar in a trifecta, that would cost you $120. So, I'm giving you a little bit more value as right. long as our as long as our collector hits the board. So there's a right. little there's a little gambling, uh, you know, tidbit for you. What's the Buffalo connection on Max Player? So Max Player, um, one of his owners, he's owned co-owned by a um, uh, an investment company called Sports Blocks Thoroughbreds and George Hall, um, and so. The gentleman running sports blocks, his name is Joe DiPirio, and I had to feature on him in the news at the Derby. He um, he's a Nichols grad, and he's running that investment um, house. So they've they've come up with this investment idea, and it's not just thoroughbreds where um, you can invest in the horse; you can buy shares in the horse. And I think at the Derby they were like one hundred and three dollars per share, so that you are part, you know, a micro micro owner of the horse. Um, and they've also um, just started doing it in players, uh, NBA players and Major League Baseball players. So that if e. they get, EJ Manuel
0: the, had something similar to EJ e. Manuel. In fact, might have been the forerunner
4: in yeah, that. Yeah,
0: Is yeah, that correct? It, it, right? It
4: could, it could be. I know they just they just signed on a uh, NBA player, and then if they end up getting a you know a contract down the road, you're invested in you know that contract and can make some hay. With the thoroughbreds, it's a little bit easier because you know you've got what, I'm in, in on people. Nathan Peterman, Gene yeah <laughs> how's that working out for
0: you <laughs> well he's on a roster so i got a shot right <laughs> you got a chip shot. in a chair to use the, oh the me i got whole, a shot whole, <laughs> uh yeah so that's the buffalo connection there um and, and of he, course you you would like you're big on mr big news because it's named after
4: you mr big news absolutely and he he's an interesting horse and he closed late uh in the derby he's a he, he needs a he needs a lot of pace and i think there's some I think there's some speed in the race between authentic Swiss skydiver who's going to go, um, New York traffic. And then even art collector, you know, has some early speed. So if the race falls apart and this can happen, if there's hot early fractions and there's dueling going up, up, up front in the race, the big closers can, can, can come, can come from behind and he's a 12 to one. That's, that's, that, that could be some decent value um, on top and I'll use them, you know, in the, in the key box with, uh, our collector, but, uh, I'm going to pick them on top, you know, with the, with the thought that, uh, you know, the race is going to fall apart and set up very nicely for, for this late closing, uh, son of giants causeway who, who could run, you know, all day long, uh, and his, um, dam sire is Galileo, uh, from Ireland. Again, another long distance pedigree, uh, on the turf. Uh, out of England. So, uh, you know, I like, I like what I see there. Um, He did, he, he got a hot pace in the Oaklawn Stakes and, and and did the same thing. Um, Another long shot to think about is pneumatic. Uh, Getting a lot of buzz around the track. Uh, It's a Steve Asmussen train. They, uh, they decided to keep him out of the Derby and point him right to this race at the Freakness. He's on the outside. Uh, I heard a podcast this morning with his jockey, Joe Bravo said, he told Johnny Velasquez, who's up right outside of who's on Authentic, that he's going to grab that tail of Authentic and just kind of ride 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 alongside of him. And that sounds illegal it, to Yeah, it's probably illegal, but uh, it was a it was a fun uh, little tidbit <laughs> to, uh, to listen to. So it, you know, it's an intriguing race. It's, it's a lot could happen. Uh, you know, if there's no pace and Authentic goes out, you could take him right around like a merry-go-round, and that'll be <laughs> that'll be that. Uh, and and I wouldn't be surprised if that happens. Uh, so it's. Well, it's shaping up to be a good race. It's going to be a nice day, 67 degrees. You know, you, you can't ask for better weather than that. Um, you know, it's weird being here in October, but uh, yeah, you, know, you, got,
0: you do what you got to do, I guess. Weather's very important, especially, and we don't need to explain that to Western New Yorkers this time of year. And, uh, you know, in the Northeast, who knows what you're going to get. But it's the forecast, I think, on Friday, uh, you're pretty, you know, we're starting to settle into uh, a good forecast, or at least to having an idea. A couple more before I let you go, Gene. I, I know you got to get out to the paddock and uh, you know sniff around a little bit more for, uh, for your uh, preview. Um, I've always wondered uh, from somebody in the horse journalism business. So every time I watch NBC Sports coverage of horse racing and I hear the name Randy Moss, I stop and think for a second, oh, that's right. There's a Randy Moss who's a horse racing analyst for NBC. When you hear Randy Moss, the football player, do you stop and think, oh, what's, what's the horse racing guy doing on on uh, Monday Night Football?
4: Yeah, of course, because he's <laughs> – and, he, and Randy Moss, the, uh, the racing analyst, and he does do some NFL too. But uh, yeah, he, does. he used to be on NFL Network, in fact, um, maybe yeah. 10 years or so ago. There's actually some, something called the Moss Pace figures that he uh, invented or he, you know, brought to light. And uh, I think the Daily Racing Forum uses, uh, uses them. So he's, he's, he's not just, you know, the analyst you see on TV. He's really into the sport.
0: Right on. No, he's, uh, I'm, not, I'm not making light. I mean, he wouldn't be, in fact, I think it's a testament, when, especially when you're in the broadcast industry, when they don't make you change your name. Like, there's, there's, that would be like some silly reason to get rid of a guy. It's like they keep confusing you with the Randy Moss, the football player, or they make you change your name. There's so many people in television, it, they use a pseudonym or a stage name, and they're like, no, Randy, you keep your name, man. You, you know, you're too prominent yeah, to change your I'm, name. I'm
4: surprised they didn't make him, uh, you know, Randall. <laughs>
0: right. <laughs> or use a middle name or a middle initial. Here's a guy who's got a pseudonym. Gene. And I'm a little, I was surprised to see this. So uh, there was a 2018 profile of you uh, by America's Best Racing, one of those Q&As that you did. And the question, let me phrase the question the right way. So that way nobody gets confused. Um, Oh dear. I'm off my, I'm off my page here. Okay, uh, so it's, you know, f- favorite actor, favorite musician, uh, philosophy on life. It's a great, it's inc- I love these Q&As. But it says, I'd like to have dinner with the following people outside of racing. Warren Buffett, okay. And at the time, owner of the Buffalo News, one of the richest men in the world. Larry David, I, I know you're a huge Curb Your Enthusiasm fan. Okay, that makes sense. And, uh, and Kid Rock, what? where does that come from did your kids did you have
4: your kids fill this out or what? what my wife dragged me to one of his concerts and he just he he just kind of mesmerized me I yeah just, i think it'd be interesting to have dinner with him just to just to hear his philosophy on life. of anybody in the world <laughs> you must have just gone to that concert i must it must have been like uh recency bias
0: and, yeah. Any, any uh, regrets? Uh, if you had that. <laughs> yeah, I prob- I prob- I,
4: yeah, I probably could, uh, could have thought somebody <laughs> better
0: than that. <laughs> that's a good one. though. Gene, thanks for doing this. Uh, I always love talking with you and uh, we'll do it. Uh, I mean, we'll come back on and talk about um, the Canadian triple crown. I mean, um, I mean,
2: yeah, that's we'll history
0: and, and that's also a weird thing and we'll get into it next time. But, to not be able to cover those races too because you you have covered those races for so long and to have history right there on the other side of the border and not be able to go cover it while you're the only guy covering all these races in the United States is uh just adds another wrinkle to a
4: Yeah, it's been sad. Really I mean, weird ten, 10 years in a row going up to Woodbine for uh, the plate and um you know over to to the Fort and the Border Oval for the Prince of Wales uh it was kind of hard this year. You know, I had to, uh, you know, covering it from a long distance, but both media media departments did a great job. And, uh, you know, they still sent me my Queen's Plate uh, shirt, so I was pretty happy about that. So, Got to have that swag, man.
0: <laughs> Got to get that merch. Absolutely. Hey, well, thanks G-Gershner. for having me. Thanks oh, for
2: having no, go me. Any, for, oh, any
0: closing thoughts or any, like, last-second bets? I think we kind of – I, I want to make sure that that – because that's why people are really tuning in. No, I think I, uh, and they day want their, they're, you know, they get the shakes
4: and everything and they want to know Gene's picks. Did we miss any? No, nope, I think I gave you my, uh, my thoughts. You'll be able to see uh, my, uh, my top four, which will, were in my, um, my, my trifecta play uh, right. in, the paper, in the paper tomorrow. And uh, just want to thank you again for the work you're doing for us at the firm and uh, and the branding. Really appreciate that. And uh, um, I really- want to stop you right there though, Gene. I am not,
0: touching anybody's tax returns. Uh, when you say the work I'm doing for the firm, I just want anybody out there listening who is a customer or would like to be a customer, uh, Gene means on this show. He doesn't mean I get nowhere near your documents, as far Absolutely. as you know. Yep. You're just ready. Marketing. Well, thanks, Tim, and have a great weekend. All right, Gene, thank you. We're joined now on TGAF, brought to you by CTBK, CPAs and business consultants. On the line from Vegas, Joel Staniszewski, our good friend, uh, has been with us for many years, giving us his thoughts from a betting perspective on the Buffalo Bills matchup this week, and well, the Bills, your Bills, are coming to your town, and there's nothing you can do about it, and there's nothing you can do to see it. Aside from watching on TV, Joel, uh, Exactly. any thoughts this week on on that dynamic of finally having NFL football where you live and not being able to fully enjoy it?
5: Yeah, the the season as a whole is extremely disappointing for me. The Bills play on the West Coast three times, and my initial plan was to go to all three of them, to go here and Arizona and to San Francisco, and now I'm going to none of them. Um, the city as a whole, it's a little bit different, um, with their, uh, um, embracing of a team, uh, when the golden Knights were here, it was a brand new team. It didn't have any negative connotation like the Raiders do. Um, so there's a large, of course, there's a lot of Raiders fans here. Uh, but there's also a lot of people that don't like that quote ghetto following that they have. And anytime you read an article online about any crime that's happening in town, it's like, well, it's all those Raiders fans are here. We don't want to spend a billion dollars on a new stadium. We want the money to go to the schools and everything else. And there's just all this hatred towards them. Um, But as a whole, I I think more people are embracing them and, and are just huge fans of like the development of this and being able to watch the building of this stadium, which is just right on the side of the highway. So I've driven past it a million times and to watch it just being a dirt, not just a pile of dirt to just being framework to, to being, you know, what it, what it has become is just amazing to watch. And uh, I think the, the city as a whole, I mean, it's, we're all in a different predicament this year than we would be in previous years. Uh, but the city as a whole, I think, is is excited about what could be, what could happen, and what will happen in the in the coming years with the stadium.
0: Yeah, the Raiders do carry a stigma, and that really a lot of it has to do with those fans, and it's what you see on television—the black hole and the rowdiness—and um, there were issues with them in Los Angeles, and there was a a big push or, that if the NFL were to return to Los Angeles, as much as Los Angeles wanted a team. They didn't want it to be the Raiders because of the experience that they had of Raiders fans showing up uh, at the games when they were at the Coliseum, leaving the place trashed, uh, and then driving back up to Oakland or even the local fans. And obviously the Coliseum's in a bad neighborhood to begin with. A lot of crime and cars were getting broken into. And, yeah, there's – the Raiders – the stigma isn't just – you know, John Matuzak and Ted Hendricks and uh, Otis Sistrunk and those guys, it was uh, the fans, uh, the fans were pretty rough too. Uh, and there yeah. were, there was a lot of that uh, sentiment uh, that uh, we, we don't want the Raiders. We don't want them here. Yeah. Not I don't like know if that Duke was the State case State. in Vegas really so much. I think Vegas it was, was going to take whatever extent. it could get.
5: Exactly. They, they'll take whatever they want. Uh, but they don't want to spend taxpayers' money, and they don't want any criminals coming here, especially Californians, because they, they, a lot of people just don't want anyone from California moving here for whatever their reasons are. Um, but yeah, the, the, it's definitely not like a Bill's tailgate where everyone's hugging and kissing and doing shots and shotgunning beers and smashing through tables. The, 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 the stigma that follows the Raiders is a little bit different.
0: Uh, sanitized as it, as it may be on Sunday, uh, there is an interesting thought when it comes to uh, playing in Las Vegas. This was something that was talked about back when I lived there uh, when even the AAA baseball teams would come through and play the Las Vegas Stars or the 51s or you know, whatever they were known as at the time of the opposing team and their players and their staff not doing too well when they came to play, whether it was UNLV or whatever. Whenever you were coming through town, you may have a tendency to get uh, wrapped up in what's going on in the city and be more interested in uh, having fun than being on a business trip. But with the world as it is today in sports, uh, the Bills should not suffer from the Vegas flu. What is the Vegas flu which has kind of it's become a real thing in, uh, oh, yeah. in professional sports over the last couple of years. Not just a theory.
5: Yeah. The the first uh season that the Golden Knights had here, uh they had a the, the way that the schedule was built, um I don't know if it was built this way on purpose or not, but the first quarter of the season was against uh, not very strong teams. They probably went two months without playing a really strong team in town. Um, and when they started to play those better teams, they were huge underdogs. The, the golden Knights were, I'm talking like three and $4 favorites against the, the black Hawks and the Bruins and the penguins. Um, but they were doing really well. And the, the thought and the, you know, the rumor around around town was that these players were coming into town who, May not have ever been to Las Vegas, who grew up in Canada or Russia or Sweden or, or wherever, and were just just turning twenty or twenty-one years old, and were going out and enjoying that nightlife a little bit too much, uh, and not being able to to play the next day, and uh, it was definitely something that um, you could consider when it comes to the NFL, um, but in the situ in the in the situation that we're in right now with coronavirus, you you have to assume that. The, the coaching staff are putting pretty strict guidelines in terms of when you have to be in your room and you know not going out and and that type of stuff, which would definitely help the opposing teams, uh, whereas as in the past it was has hurt them.
2: So the
1: I bills think it's, oh go it, ahead Matt. I think it's you know now a case where, you know, they have to they can't. They could get fined if they leave their room or, or if they leave the hotel. I mean, it, they're protecting them against themselves in a lot of different ways, not just with the virus. Uh, um, uh, with with what you're talking about, you know, enjoying the nightlife, and um, it's turning out to probably be we won't get an accurate read on the uh, the impact that playing in Vegas has because uh, these guys are going to be stuck in their rooms anyways.
5: Yeah, totally. Big difference, and. You know, a a rookie who grew up on the East Coast or in the South and uh, went to college and maybe didn't grow up going on family vacations or going on any type of trips like that, this would be their first experience in Las Vegas. So when you fly into town and you see those lights coming down at the airport, like it's an exciting thing. It's something that you've, you've never really witnessed before until you've done it and that can be overwhelming and that's why vegas is what it is i mean you these billion dollar casinos are built on people trying to win big and and spending a lot of money and going out and having tons of free drinks and that how can you play the next day or 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 anything like that when you've partied that hard the night before
1: i think i'll cover the game a lot better uh since (laughs) tim and i aren't making the trip
0: There will only be 22 players on the field at any one point instead of 44. uh, When had I been? uh, (laughs) I won't be watching the game like this. Uh, I won't be. uh, Oh wait, I gotta. I gotta do. uh, I said I I won't be watching the game like this uh, from home, like I would have been had this game been in Vegas. Um, Yeah, and and let's. You're talking about drinks and gambling. There's so much more that goes on in Vegas. Oh yeah. And. Oh yeah. And. You know, these guys, a good chunk of the plane is going to have a jimmy leg uh, going as they're in their descent. And you can look down and see that valley, and you know, especially if they're coming in and it's uh, if the sun's going down, um, all the lights and everything. And when the plane lands and you feel that desert heat and you look out on the horizon, to your left, to your right, all around you, because of the biggest being in a valley as it is, You can see all the casinos, pretty much no matter where you are. You can see them coming up over the skyline. It is the skyline. uh, And you know stuff's going on out there, you know. And all I have to do is drive over there and I can get into whatever fun I want to get into. Um, But uh, I think anything probably just short of armed guards uh, around these NFL teams this year to make sure these guys stay in their hotels, um, so sure. the bills are favored by three or three and a half. It opened at two and a half, uh, and the yep. total has climbed. I believe the total opened at forty nine. It's now at 52 and a half. So Joel, uh, you went two on uh, two and zero uh, with your suggestions last week. You said take the bills on the money line, and uh, you said to take the over. So I'm keeping track now. You're two and zero on the season. Uh, what are your thoughts uh, here against the Las Vegas Raiders?
5: So i have mentioned uh, last week that the money lines weren't in line with what they should be uh, for the point spreads. And it, uh, I'm sure all the Las Vegas odds makers were listening to your show and, and heard me uh, because the line this week is, is two and a half up to three, now three and a half in some places. And the money line is in line up to a uh, minus $1.75, $1.85 some places. Um, So the money line is actually where it's supposed to be uh, for this point spread. And I think we're at the point now uh, where you're seeing books moving. I mean, going across two and a half to three to three and a half is a really big move in Las Vegas, with three being an extremely key number. Um, The bills are are getting are starting to get the respect that they deserve from the books um, and from the betters. So you're seeing that line move. Um, as a betting person, uh, I would have, if I liked it, I would have bet it at two and a half when it opened, uh, at, at three and a half, I would probably stay away from it. Not that I don't think that they can win. Um, I just think it's going to be a close game, um, similar to last week. And it ended up being not close at all in the beginning and then close near the end. And then we pulled it out at the end. So, um, I, I would, if I was betting, I mean, I'm not going to bet against the Bills, not this Bills team. I'd bet against the Bills team with, like, J.P. Lossman on it, but I wouldn't bet against this Bills team. Um, So if you're telling me I have a three, what am I taking? I'm taking the Bills. Um, And I know that um, if you look at some of their trends, um, the Bills, they've gone over four of their last six games, um, and I know that they are not as good against the spread um, the last – Six games against the Raiders, they're one in five. Uh, But the Bills are 13 and seven straight up in their last 20 games. So that's definitely something that I'm I'm uh, I'm keeping in mind that uh, this team that we're watching and that we've seen the last couple of weeks, like they can they can run with anybody, and that was something that we haven't seen from them in such a long time. Where you can get the ball with three minutes left and think to yourself, the Bills are going to win this game. I know they're just going to walk down the field and and punch it in and they do. Um, So I would, I would take the bills. The number is moving up a lot with that point spread. But again, with these two teams, they can score at will. Um, I think the Raiders are a little bit more banged up than the bills are when it comes to key players that they need to play and play well. Um, So again, I'm definitely leaning towards the bills and I would continue to lead towards the over until um, I see a game that they can, the defense can do what they need to do to stop them from scoring. But I think that the offense can, can score at will against pretty much
0: anyone. We're in conversation with Joel Staniszewski from Sloan, from St. Joe's from Buffalo state, but now living out in Las Vegas as a handicapper analyst and industry. Oh wait, let me get that right. I, I want to say you're as a former odds maker, a handicapper, and an industry analyst. Um, are you are you still in the business? Are you still like consult? You're consulting and all that stuff.
5: Yep. And I work with um, I work with a, a couple of casinos and their sports books, uh, primarily with their uh, marketing strategies. And how those strategies are working to get uh, contestants for tournaments and people to open accounts. So it's uh, still in the biz, still okay. keeping up with it.
0: Good as long as you keep up with your bills. That's that's the value. Of course, that you provide to the of course Team Graham and friends. Matt, I think I stepped on you there. Do you have, you had a question for Joel? I'm
1: curious, Joel, if you got. I know it's a kind of an annual thing for you. What number did you get on the bills to win the Super Bowl and how are you feeling about it?
0: That's right. 30, 32
5: to 1. That's I got it at 32 to 1, which uh, was a really good number. Uh, when Tom Brady left the Patriots, that 32 to 1 dropped to 20 to 1. Um, so I definitely got a good number. I'm feeling pretty confident. Um, I actually have a friend that I, I worked with uh, in a sports book who owns a company that is called – Shoot, I can't think of the name of it, but they buy and sell sports betting tickets. So I could conceivably sell my ticket uh, and make profit off of it right now. Wow, it's like a, it's like a kind of like an eBay for sports bets. So you you say I have this bet, uh, I have 32 to one for a hundred dollars to win thirty two thousand dollars. I'll sell it right now for five hundred, and people would
0: buy it. <laughs> See, Matt, this is what your brother could be doing. Right. Uh, Matt's brother is an actuary. So that's really – that's what an actuar- actuary does, right? Uh, you you, uh, you invest in the numbers, and that's that's what Joel's been doing uh, his, uh, his whole career. He's, uh, it's all about the numbers. Uh, a lot of people get emotionally invested. Joel is, though, a cross of the two because we're able to get him to break down the numbers – but he can never disavow himself of being that Bills fan. So he's, uh, he's always no, got the, that, that aspect of it. Um, real quick, Joel, uh, news uh, this week, uh, what's happened to the Tennessee Titans. Uh, that will be Buffalo's next opponent. The game is scheduled for Nashville um, in week five. It seems as though that game is going to happen because they were discussing even the the Titans playing the Steelers on Monday night or Tuesday night. So the fact that, you know, we have several more days to get ready for that game, it seems as though that game will take place without too much issue. But what of the Titans now having a bye uh, heading into this game against the Bills? And maybe with the Bills getting ready, going into that game, knowing that they have to play the Chiefs, uh, what, four nights later?
5: Yeah, uh, um, that next, we'll see a lot, we'll, we'll get a lot of understanding of who the Bills are over the next three weeks when it comes to the team and when it comes to uh, betting and, and numbers. Uh, so the Bills play the Raiders this week, the Chiefs play the Raiders next week, uh, and then we play the Chiefs that next week. Um, so when we play the Titans, we're, they're coming off of a bye of sorts, um, which normally does help. Uh, that team. You're getting extra rest, you're getting your opportunity to mend any injuries, game plan for a little bit longer. This, however, is a little bit different. Um, I'm assuming that the facilities are closed. Uh, I'm guessing that a lot of the players, especially the younger players or those who have not gotten a huge contract, don't have gyms at their houses. Uh, aren't lifting weights aren't running sprints or whatever they do on the practice field. Um, So you're running the risk of that, those players, um, you know, losing a step, if you will, for that, for that week. Um, It's, it's a really weird predicament. I I can't think of a time where a a game has been postponed like this. Um, So it'd be interesting to see. And from a betting standpoint, uh, if the bills do well, uh, you have to assume that there'll be a small favorite. If the Bills don't do well, they're going to be a small underdog, give or take. Um, we, I think as at of, Tennessee. I, it, at I Tennessee, at, yeah. If the game no. was if, if the game was this week, I'm thinking the Bills are a pick 'em, maybe a half point to a point favorite or dog, either way, depending upon um, the betting public. Um, but this game against the Raiders, we'll be able to see if our defense can 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 stop the run, can then, I mean, that's Tennessee's bread and butter is running the ball. So if we can show that we can stop the run and, and play a really sound defensive game, then we're going to go into Tennessee with that momentum of winning that game and, and, and being able to, to be a small favorite on the road. Uh, but if we don't perform like we want the bills to, then we run the risk of being a small underdog. And that doesn't really affect the, the players and how they a- approach a game. But from a betting standpoint, it definitely uh, will change that spread, could swing it from a, from a favor to a dog.:
0: What do we got there? Is that Joe Ferguson jersey? Jim Kelly.: Oh. Oh, okay. Uh-oh. I thought yeah, about I don't know why I thought I saw about, 12 and thought Joe Ferguson, but:
5: I thought about putting on my Josh Allen jersey, but I only wear that on Sundays. so I didn't want to bring any bad luck by putting on the Josh Allen jersey i just just on sundays and i know real quick before the game uh on sunday we're going to the pumpkin patch and i remember i brought this up to you a year or two ago and you were just baffled that las vegas has an orchard <laughs> and yes they do huge i'm wearing orchard, this shirt fruits, in
0: honor of your pumpkin
5: <laughs> fruit, fruits and and vegetables and huge pumpkin patch and apple cider it's 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 just like being in, in Buffalo and, and going to a to – a, uh, getting some apple cider. So oh, uh, sure. that will be the, the pregame.
0: Just like Clarence Hollow. Um, exactly. Exactly. Well, Joel, thanks for joining us. That is Joel Staniszewski, one of the biggest Fs, one of the biggest all-time Fs of TGAF, Tim Graham and Friends, uh, giving us uh, his thoughts uh, once again on the Bills. Uh, just to sum. He says, take the bills, lay the points, uh, and go over uh, until further notice. And uh, that further notice is probably whenever Josh Allen decides to throw an interception or two, because this, uh, this offense has looked impressive. Uh, Joel, thanks again for joining us. Thanks. Take care guys. Well, I don't know about you guys, but uh, that's a long show. And I think I'm ready for a nap. So, Uh, Let's end it right there. I want to thank Buffalo Bills right guard, John Feliciano, Buffalo News horse racing writer, Gene Kirshner, and Joel Staniszewski, of course, uh, on the line from Vegas, as always here on TGAF, which is brought to you by Shampo, Travis, Besaw, and Kirshner, CPAs and business consultants. CTBK is a leading accounting firm with a growing team of accountants and business consultants with roots in Amherst. CTBK pairs every project with a focus on a human connection between its team and the client. For assurance, accounting, taxes, litigation support, and advice on acquisitions and mergers, CTBK is available and ready to solve any issue your business faces. For a consultation or to request a quote, call 716-630-2400. Again, that's 716-630-2400. CTBK over a quarter century of proven accounting and business excellence for Western New York and beyond. Um, Guys, any uh, closing thoughts uh, for today's today's show?
1: I think Joel is bold to have the over, but I'm with him. I'm with him this week. I think there's going to be lots of points scored in this Bills-Raiders game.
0: You know, as I've gone on in the week, I've thought a little bit less of the Raiders. Yes, I know that they scored, I think it was 34 points in each of their first two games. But aside from the running ba- uh, the running backs, there's not, I mean, Waller, of course, the tight end is, is a concern, but there's not an array of weapons. And uh, I don't know. I, I think this could be a, a bounce back game for the Bills defense.
2: The Raiders looked like, they yeah. were making Vegas a tough place to play in their first game. Everything's different now with no fans, but I feel like this – if the Bills can get to 4-0 and with this win, this will be a very impressive road win in what could be a difficult environment.
0: All
1: right. There won't be any distractions out there in Vegas. They'll be locked in their hotel rooms. There will be uh, – Sean McDermott said he's never been to Vegas. Really? Which neither have I, but – so who am I to judge? But he's – you know, quite a bit older than I am.
0: That's somewhat surprising though. Vegas, uh, for at least uh, when I was out there in the mid to late 90s, was trying to make itself out to be a a place to go for wrestling. And I mean amateur wrestling that Sean McDermott was involved in. And, you know, I guess maybe he just didn't compete um, at that time. And, may, and may, there were some backers there that were trying to have major, uh, major tournaments there, bringing in the top collegiate wrestlers, the top international wrestlers and stuff. But, um, not to have been to Vegas. I mean, he's in his forties, right? He's late. He's like what
1: 46, 47, yeah. somewhere in there. And but knowing Sean McDermott the way we do, yeah, yeah. Vegas well, doesn't really seem like his scene. Uh, yeah, not his way to blow off steam on the weekend, unless, to your point, there was a wrestling <laughs> tournament to watch. He might.
0: He might <laughs> That's do. the only thing I can bring up as to why he might want to try it. Um, you know, it could be uh, a blessing for the Bills a reminder with what's going on with the Tennessee Titans to stay in your hotel room with whatever temptation you may have uh, as a Buffalo Bills player, uh, as Joel Staniszewski was just talking about, uh, maybe the Tennessee Titans and what they're going through is a quality reminder to keep your ass in your hotel room, get room service and uh, no need to be on the casino floor or chasing around hookers or whatever.
1: Not that Vegas is even back to its full, you know, Vegas self yet um, with everything going on either. You know, that's the, the thing about all these road trips that we're missing is these places aren't, um, it's not Vegas like we would have known Vegas a year ago, um, you know, or we don't think about the world the same way. Walking into a casino, you're kind of like looking both, both directions, wondering who's around you. So it's not like they're missing the full experience. And I'm sure most of these guys have had it.
0: A lot of young guys on the team. We'll see. We'll see if the Vegas flu becomes an issue. Uh, All right, Jonah, Matt, thanks for being on the show today. Thanks uh, to everybody for listening to Tim Graham and Friends brought to you by CTBK. Catch you Monday.